1: Ford has put the stock back in stock car, and now you can register for your chance to be Ford Performance's VIP guest and watch the NASCAR Next Gen Mustang hit the track for the first time in 2022. One grand prize winner and their guest will receive a trip for two to Daytona Beach with VIP access. Ford Performance driver meet and greets, round trip airfare, and more. Register now through November 7th at FordNextGen.com. That's FordNextGen.com.
2: The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents
3: NASCAR Live.
4: On a dominant night for Joe Gibbs Racing, Martin Truex Jr. is going to be the man with the plan when it matters most. Down the back straightaway. Number three, Martin Truex Jr. for the checkered
5: flag. And moving on to round number two, off four and win number four on the season. Truex across the line, checkered flag flies, and Martin Truex has picked up the win in the Federated Auto Parts 400. At Richmond Raceway.
2: NASCAR Live is brought to you by Wheelin Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry. Trusted to perform since 1952 by Xfinity X5, internet that's more than just fast. Xfinity, proud premier partner of NASCAR. And by Blue E N U Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Inu is family owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast and you won't stink. From the MRN studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you with another get-together that is punctuated by playoff chat. First elimination race for the NASCAR Cup Series coming up this weekend at Bristol. And barely in to playoff territory is Kyle Busch. He'll stop by and we'll visit with the driver of the number 18 M&M's Toyota Camry at Joe Gibbs Racing. Joey Logano, the driver of the number 22 shell Pennzoil Ford Mustang for Team Penske is going to stop by. He won at Bristol earlier this year, but that was on the dirt this weekend. We're back on the concrete. We're going to take a look at the Cup Series playoff cutoff and who's on the chopping block heading into Bristol this weekend. We're also going to visit with NASCAR Hall of Famer Rusty Wallace. He'll stop by, and, well, he's had a little success at Bristol over the years. And also, in speaking of playoffs, the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series will face elimination this weekend at Bristol, and the NASCAR Xfinity Series will end their regular season at Bristol this weekend. We'll take a look at where those series stand heading into Thunder Valley this weekend. Plus, Zane Smith of the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series will stop by and a whole lot more. But first, Kyle Rickey is here to get us started with the latest headlines in NASCAR Nation. Kyle, what do you have for us?
6: Mike, the 2021 playoffs are in full swing for the Cup and the Truck Series. But drivers are still solidifying their 2022 plans. 2020 NASCAR Camping World Truck Series champion and current points leader Sheldon Creed announced his plans today. Creed will move up to the NASCAR Xfinity Series and drive for Richard Childress Racing full-time next season. RCR currently fields one car in the Xfinity Series with Myatt Snyder. Richard Childress Racing will make announcements on the rest of their 2022 Xfinity Series plans in the coming weeks. Creed will have to do battle in 2022 with one of the great veterans of the series. As Justin Allgaier and Junior Motorsports announced Tuesday that the Illinois driver will return to the number seven car next season. Allgaier's longtime sponsor, Brant, will also return to the race team. Allgaier joins Josh Berry, Noah Gregson, and Sam Mayer as part of an already stacked Junior motorsport stable for 2022. Allgaier currently sits third in Xfinity Series points, with the last race of their regular season taking place on Friday night at the Bristol Motor Speedway. While the Xfinity Series wraps up their regular season this weekend, the Cup Series and Truck Series will finish round one of their playoffs. Kurt Busch and Alex Bowman are currently tied for the last spot in the Cup Series round of 12. Austin Hill holds the last spot in the Truck Series with Zane Smith and Chandler Smith looking to race their way into the round of eight. Mike.
1: Thank you, Kyle.
6: Coming up, we'll visit with
1: Kyle Busch and later Joey Logano will stop by. Sir, are you aware you were going 40
4: miles an hour?
1: Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Kyle Busch is to the good on the playoff grid. He was below the cut line heading into Richmond last weekend, but right now he is in playoff territory, and he's hoping to keep his playoff hopes alive this weekend at Darlington. Kim Coon had a chance to sit down with Kyle and talk playoff tracks and what they have to do to make it through all the way to the season ender at Phoenix. Here he comes, Kyle Busch for the final time up the long pond straightaway. The only other driver that can take it from him is Kyle Larson.
6: Kyle Busch across the tunnel, turn for the final time. And has a healthy lead off of turn number two for the final time. Now Kyle Busch slows a bit. In the turn number three has the entire length of the short shoot between himself and Kyle Larson. It's Bush off turn three. Kyle Bush with only fourth gear
7: comes off turn three. Checkered flag in the air and Kyle Bush wins at Pocono. You have a combined 15 wins in the tracks in round one. By far, by far the most of any driver. Do you think, you know, looking collectively at the playoffs that this is personally your best round in terms of the track we visit
8: yeah I would say so I would say this is definitely the best round I would say a close second is is also um, you know the third round of the playoffs with going to Texas where we've been really successful uh, Kansas as well as uh, Martinsville you know so uh, we've run well at all those places it's just that second round that seems to be the detriment uh, for the 18 team
7: Looking kind of at the entire playoff schedule, the order, which tracks are cut off races. You mentioned the second round possibly being detrimental to your team. But in general, which race do you think gets the craziest?
8: Uh, Talladega for sure, always. You know, you just, you can be, uh, look at this past week, right? You could be leading the race, trying to throw some blocks and you can wreck the whole field. So Um, You know, that's kind of what I think it's going to play into as well when we go back there this next time around for uh, the playoff race at Talladega. Um, It's just that, you know, there's, there's not much room for error, and everybody knows, I guess, how much safer the cars have gotten over the years and the safer barrier and everything else. I mean, some of these hits, though, they're still hard hits. Um, You know, and and none of them have really taken too much injury. So they're still going to keep going and pushing and and it's going to be, you know, 200 mile an hour bumper cars.
7: During the regular season, it was very much, you know, Hendrick Motorsports leading the way. Do you feel like other teams have started to catch up and and where does JGR kind of fall into that mix?
8: Well, I'd like to think that the Hendrick cars, yes, they're the top of the game, but that the Gibbs cars are catching up and that we're a close second, you know, so I feel like we have made some strides on them and, and have kind of closed that gap a little bit. I wouldn't say we're close yet, but uh, we're closer. So, um, you know, as far as who else would you look at behind that? Um, man, it's it's kind of tough to, to find somebody that's really close, but you always kind of, kind of keep your eyes on the Penske bunch. You look at Blaney and his success lately, um, you know, I, I don't know that. Those two races, being kind of restrictor plate races, situational races, uh, will lend to him being successful in the playoffs. But the Penske group would be the next one.
7: This is this is hard to believe. Your 14th playoff appearance. Uh, do you think it's harder or easier to win a championship than it used to be?
8: Uh, definitely harder. I mean, everybody's kind of learning the game. Um, it, it's a bit more. Wouldn't call it luck, but, you know, how you do through the regular season, getting those playoff points accumulated. Last year we saw it knock us out in the round of 12 because we didn't have any. Um, This year we've got a bit more, so we feel better about getting through the round of 12. It's still not easy. But once you get to that round of eight, I mean, there's eight of the best of the best guys that um, all are pretty close, and any of those guys can win on a given weekend going to, you know, Texas, Kansas, Martinsville. So that's when it definitely puts the pressure on the line, and that's when your season – You would think, hey, Kyle Larson's, you know, championship bound, you know, or myself or Denny Hamlin, whoever. Um, But you can get one of these guys to hit the weekend right that are in that top eight in points and transfer their way through. And there's only going to be room for one guy that didn't win um, in that round if, if all three of those races are won by a playoff driver.
7: Well, you've made five championship four appearances. If you make the championship four, maybe I should say, win because you're a very confident driver, who are the three drivers you'll be competing against for the title?
8: Um, man, I would say just kind of the way this, this year has gone. I mean, Martin, Martin's run good. I mean, he can win at Darlington. He did earlier this year. But um, they're kind of hit or miss. So I look at Denny as being one that, that is, is really fast each and every week. So he's, he can maybe point his way there. I mean, maybe he can win. I mean, he's been, he's been close enough to do that. But if you just ask what four guys, I'd, I'd have to go with um, um, Chase, myself, Denny and Kyle Larson.
7: All right, we'll have to see how that plays out. Uh, Brexton has been doing a lot of racing this year. He's also been doing a lot of winning. What is his schedule like for the rest of the year, and how are you going to kind of balance that with your focus on the playoff run?
8: Yeah, his schedule is uh, is pretty busy as well too. We're we're kind of um, we don't have many more quarter midget racing things to do, so we're not flying around as much and doing any more of that. He's pretty much going to be back at home. With, uh, with his kart racing that we do at Millbridge or Mountain Creek or 304 Speedway, um, so we're kind of down to that stuff, but uh, if I had to guess how many races he's got left, I'd say probably 14 or 15 more races for him, so he's got quite a few left. We're leading the points um, at Millbridge on Saturdays, and um, I think we just fell this past weekend to second at uh, Mountain Creek, so we're right in the hunt for a couple of championships, so hopefully we can get him right where he needs to be, too
7: awesome i love it two bushes in hunt for a championship well best of luck to both you and brexton for the rest of the season and thanks for
8: the time kyle awesome yeah
1: thank you very much thank you kim coming up joey Logano will join us and later we'll look at the drivers in a win or go home situation going into bristol this weekend
2: this is nascar live
1: now back to mike bagley Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Joey Logano won at Bristol earlier this season. Now, that race was on dirt this weekend. It's back to the concrete at Bristol Motor Speedway. Jeff Striegel sat down with the 2018 NASCAR Cup Series champion and chatted about his plan to make it to the championship four. Here they come now, it's Logano and Harvick with Bowman hovering in third for the final time in a turn number three. Logano's gonna take it right down the middle of the racetrack. Lap traffic ahead. One more shot for Harvick off the corner. J.J.
9: Ailey's lap car is there. Joey Logano goes to the outside. Here comes Harvick. It's not going to be enough and Joey Logano wins the Hollywood Casino 400 at Kansas Speedway joey logano with a fantastic drive in the closing 25 laps to hold off kevin harvick and a hard charging alex bowman joey logano will race for a championship in 2020 when we get to phoenix in three weeks
5: rolling into 2021 playoffs you've been there you've done it is there something that you can go back on and apply now, something you've learned over the years of being in this playoff format that you can
10: apply now that you really didn't know then? I think there's a few things that probably go back. The experience itself, just like you said, been there, done that. You kind of know how to approach it um, these, these 10 weeks, how to handle the pressure that comes your way. Uh, subconsciously, you just kind of handle a lot of that stuff without even thinking about it now, um, but same time, I've been through the playoffs where we've been the fastest car. I've been through the playoffs where we're a mediocre car. And both of them have ended up in the championship four, depending on how you execute and handle the pressure that, that we talk about all the time. Um, you know, so I think that that's probably the biggest thing is just knowing that you're never out of it. Anything can happen. Every point will matter and uh, maximizing the day, no matter what it is. Um, I'm never the person to look, you know, 10 races down the road and and putting the other game plan for what that is I, I honestly believe in this case looking you know just past the hood pins is the, the right way to do it um you know m- maybe not in life I, I think you should have a bigger vision in life than, than just past the hood pins but i think for the playoffs every race is going to mean uh, a lot and that's going to adjust what you do for the next race so preparing three races ahead sometimes isn't the smartest move because your plan will change depending on what you do in the past.
4: Joey said the other day, it's the big
1: three and me. Well, me's the one who's gonna win it. Joey Logano in his 10th full-time season in the Cup Series is gonna win. At the Ford EcoBoost 400
4: and the 2018 Series Championship, the most unlikely of the four coming in is the one who prevails.
5: Do you believe in momentum? I think some drivers say, yes, it's important to have it. Others say, once we leave that track and move on to another one, it really doesn't matter what we did back there. We now face a new
10: challenge. Where do you stand with the word momentum? I believe in confidence. Um, I believe in in being a, a confident human uh that that will will be a uh, a bright light in people's lives and, and that will will really a, attract some good people around you and i also believe that you can't manufacture your confidence i think you have to really believe that in yourself and give yourself reasons uh to be confident um i believe that's what what momentum actually is um but you know you have to have reasons to, to be confident right <laughs> in yourself as as a driver as a person um as a team leader uh you have to have reason behind it you can't just show up i'm good look at me go you have to have something behind that uh you know uh, and and a lot of times for for a lot of people race wins is that right and that's the momentum and the confidence that you see build Um, but i feel like for for me and paul and our race team we've been around a while uh and, and we have multiple race wins and championships to fall back on and say, we know how to do this. And it doesn't matter what happened last week. We still know how to do this um, and and how to prepare and how to get ready and how to get to work. Let's talk about Paul for a moment and Joey Logano for a moment.
5: And that 22 team as an organization, where are you right now? Uh, What grade would you give the, the 22 team as you move into the playoffs? And if there's one thing that you could improve on, what would
10: it be? Well, uh, given the grade's kind of hard right now, I feel like we're never going to be an A-plus, just in my mind. We're, we're never going to be there, um, no matter what you do. But I feel like we're a, a B-plus at the moment. I feel like we're a top-five car. Um, at least that's the how I look at it. It's hard for me to put grades on things. But I feel like for, for what we have, for speed right now, we're top-five on road course speed. We're top-five on 550s, and we're... We're a little better than top five. We're top three, I'd say, on 750 tracks. Um, so, you know, that's all competitive enough to win a lot of races throughout the next 10 races. Um, you know, so when I think of that piece on the speed that Paul and, and, and Team Penske are bringing, the engineers are bringing, I think we're in the ballpark. I think we're clicking pretty good on that. I think our pit crew's been tremendous. Uh, they, they are fired up right now. They are kicking off some stops that, that are gaining us a lot of spots. Uh, I believe that just the things that have been happening at the racetrack have been incredible. <laughs> just things that happen randomly out of nowhere, uh, wrong place, wrong time type of things uh, is kind of stacked up one after another. Um, but when you look at the nucleus of the team and what we have built, it makes me feel like that we're a championship caliber team. Do you ever play the role of a coach? whether it be at the track or be
5: at the shop where you just kind of bring everybody together and do the pat on the back and the rah-rah and this is our opportunity to win a
10: championship let's go out there and get them do you play that role i don't think you need to Oh, well, i think every team is different right every, every every individual is different um some people need a pat on the back some people need a kick in the ass too right i just kind of depend on what you're what you're looking for and, and who that is uh, you know in, in the moment um, but I think every time you react to a scenario as a driver as a crew chief or even as any player on the team uh, you know you take a leadership role and it can either be for the positive or to the negative and um, you know I, yeah there's, I always get the group of the guys together and, and you know give them something before the race starts or you just know that we're in it together. Um, You know, and I think it just kind of depends on the the scenario and what's ahead of us and, and how to prepare for that.
1: Thank you, Jeff. Coming up, we'll talk NASCAR Cup Series playoff cutoff drama and later NASCAR Hall of Famer, Rusty Wallace.
2: Whelan would like to congratulate Martin Truex Jr. and his number 19 Joe Gibbs Racing Pit Crew for the win at Richmond Raceway. They are the Whelan Pit Crew of the Week. After a quiet summer, Truex was on the loud pedal and happy to take his team to victory lane for the fourth time this season.
4: In general, I think we felt good coming into the playoffs. Um, you know, we got a lot of questions
10: about, you know, how we felt about our team, and, and I was straight straight up saying that I, I felt good about it. We've had speed, and... Uh, you know, our guys are doing a great job, so, um, yeah, I certainly hope we can take advantage of the momentum and, and this win and, uh, you know, a few extra bonus points for the next round and, uh, yeah, you just, you never know how things are going to go. So, uh, obviously happy to win here this evening. It's a big day and, um, you know, had a, had a great car and, and this place has been good to us. So, uh, just got to keep our heads down, keep focused and, uh, take them one at a time.
2: Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 1952. Now, back to your host, Mike Bagley. Thank you so much for joining
1: us on this week's NASCAR Live. The playoff cutoff at Bristol is the first elimination race for NASCAR Cup Series drivers in the 2021 playoff season. Not only is it a cutoff, but Bristol is also one of the most physical racetracks on the schedule. Lots of drama, lots of pressure for these drivers below the cutoff line. Woody Kane is here to get some driver perspective heading into the weekend and who needs to
4: win or go home the 2021 nascar cup series playoffs continue this weekend as the round of 16 concludes at bristol motor speedway on saturday evening alex bowman tyler reddick william byron and michael mcdowell all currently sit below the cut line heading into the weekend bowman a three-time winner on the season isn't worried about where his team stands i'm not worried about where we're
3: at i'm not worried about many top tens we have since the olympic break um or anything like that i'm just uh i'm here to maximize each and every week and Um, get us through these rounds in the playoffs and try to chase the championship.
6: Not to be derailed here this afternoon at the Pocono Raceway has 10 car lengths in hand over his teammate Alex one. Larson's in trouble up into the outside wall. Tire gone down right front
5: for Kyle Larson into the outside walls, the leaders exit three. Do you believe it and here comes Alex Bowman and he will win this afternoon. Alex Bowman
4: across the line. Bowman, who's level on points with Kurt Busch, is focusing on
3: just racing. Yeah, just go race. Um, you know, you can stare at the points report sheet or whatever it's called and, um, you know, know exactly how many points you have to beat so-and-so by, but that doesn't help you any, right? Like, then you're just more stressed out about situations you can't control. I think the, the best thing you can do for yourself is to go drive the race car the fastest you can, to go maximize every stage, and to go do the best job you can.
4: Tyler Reddick earned his way into the playoff 16 by finishing fifth in the regular season finale at Daytona. He's hoping to keep that same mindset throughout the week, as opposed to letting the pressure weigh on him.
11: Wherever you're at, I feel like it's just important to have the same mindset, whether you're in the hole, whether you're plus 30, minus 30, um, the same, same things need to happen. It's just about running a clean race, and getting the most out of your day um you know you don't I, I feel like especially without practice you know throwing throwing darts at a board without even looking at it hoping you're gonna get a bullseye it's not not really gonna nine times out of ten is not gonna work especially in the cup series so to to win these races being consistent being um uh, close to the front all day uh hitting on all the details are important and i don't think running fifth and, and winning there's a uh, a big difference in how you approach those things. It's just a matter of, did you, did you do your homework perfectly? Were all the little details that they add up? Were they the difference? Were they not? Um, so I, I don't, I don't feel like we're in a must win situation. Again, I, I really liked all three of these tracks still do in this first round that, that we have.
4: Eric Almarola sits 11th in the standings, heading to Thunder Valley. He says the key to the first playoff round is simply finding a way to survive.
12: That's certainly a balance. Um, but if you look historically over, you know, over the last several years, the first round is is definitely a round that you've got to survive. Um, you know, winning obviously makes it way easier, uh, but surviving is is key because on, on you know any given year, you look back, uh, at least two or three cars end up taking themselves out just from uh, one or two bad races, wrecks, blown engines, whatever it is. So. Um, Yeah, when you when you look at the first round, it is about surviving and you have to be aggressive. It's it's such a balancing act between, um, you know, not making mistakes and and don't wreck. Don't take yourself out. But at the same time, you got to race for every point, Um, you know, every single stage point matters. Every single point in in position on the racetrack uh, at the end of the race matters. So. Um, it really is uh, a tough challenge and, and a balancing act between being aggressive to, to go get the spots that you uh, need to go get and making sure that you don't uh, you know, put yourself in, in a bad position to, to get tore up and have a DNF.
9: Caution on the speedway. Ryan Blaney will see the caution flag and the checkered flag. And Ryan Blaney and Todd Gordon go back to back. They win at Michigan last week. They win tonight here at Daytona.
4: Following the first two playoff races, Ryan Blaney doesn't find himself anywhere near the bubble as he heads into the weekend, landing in the fifth spot in the standings now. Blaney is looking forward to returning to Bristol without the
10: dirt. Uh, Hopefully they got all the dirt out of there. Um, I'm sure there'll be some left over. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the the short track program, it kind of leads me back to Loudon a little bit as far as, you know, just that package, but, uh, and then Bristol, we've always, you know, had a, had a good package at Bristol and it being in the night race is always pretty fun too. So, um, yeah, uh, it'll be, it'll be pretty neat. And Bristol will definitely look different, uh, than when we had it in the spring. That's for sure. We won't be sliding around nearly as much. Uh, but yeah, just, uh, you know, a pretty cool
1: round for sure. Thank you, Woody coming up NASCAR hall of famer, Rusty Wallace. And later we look at the NASCAR camping world truck and NASCAR Xfinity series.
2: This is NASCAR live
1: now back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR live going into the Bristol race weekend. One of the best there is NASCAR hall of famer, Rusty Wallace. Rusty had a chance to share his thoughts on what these playoff drivers need to do to have a good race and his own history at Bristol. Jeff Striegel and Alex Hayden. Gentlemen.
4: The leader heads out of turn number two and heads down the backstretch for the last time. Rusty Wallace has plenty of time. He's trailing the Tim Richmond car into turn number three for the last time. The young driver from St. Louis, Missouri, the former Rookie of the Year. The crew is jumping up and down a bit. road. Wallace gets the checkered flag and wins the Valleydale 500. First Winston Cup victory for Rusty Wallace.
5: Thank you, Mike. As we head off into Bristol, let's uh, talk with NASCAR Hall of Famer Rusty Wallace. Fifty-five times you went to Victory Lane. Nine of them came at the Bristol Raceway. When you think back, Rusty, of the nine, was there one that stood out more than another?
13: It had to be my very first one, Jeff, when I won my first race in 1986 called the Valley Dale 500. I remember going there with a really good car. I was driving for the Blue Max team then. And um, to me, if I was going to run good somewhere, it would have been at that racetrack because I had a lot of experience running Winchester, Indiana, Salem, Indiana, the big high banks with the American Speed Association cars. So when I won, oh, yeah, it was a big, big surprise. But down deep in my mind, I thought I'm going to win anywhere. It's going to be one of these tracks. This is where I feel most comfortable at
9: how does that translate running even though they're different race cars late models asa type cars how did that translate to to make you so good at the high banks of bristol
13: i think that i just i knew down deep if bob is going to be consistent and run up front those tracks i really had to understand my car alex i really had to be smart on the chassis at least i had to really want to know about it i couldn't put my career in somebody else's hands all the time and so you know, growing up with Mark Martin and Alan Quickie and all those guys, Bob Senator, Mike Getty, those big names back in the days, that's all we did was work on our car all the time. And so when I got to the track and I started working with the Blue Max guys, you know, on the chassis, uh, what we're going to run and our springs and our shocks, and our air pressures and all that, that was something I was real comfortable with doing. So, you know, I remember starting that race and saying, boy, I got a pretty good car here. And it just kept going and going and. I say I'm not getting lucky I'm having a really good run I was telling myself waiting for something to happen and and it did and boy what a great feeling it was
5: you know when I think of the crown jewels of our our sport obviously you think of the Daytona 500 the coke 600 at Charlotte the southern 500 at Darlington and of course the Brickyard 400 at Indy but with the Indy race now moving onto the road course In your mind, does the Bristol Night Race take its place? Is that a crown jewel race in your
13: mind? In my mind, the night race of Bristol has always been a crown jewel in my mind. Uh, Why is it? It, It's got 158,000 people sitting in the grandstands for one. And when I was running it, was completely sold out every single time. The place was going crazy. If, If you won the race, you heard about it all around the country. It wasn't a silent race. It was a race that everybody heard about. And it was known to be such an aggressive race and beating and banging and excitement that if you could pull off that win, and uh, bring home to big Ricky, you've really, you've really done something winning at Bristol.
4: White flag in the air, one half mile to settle the Goodies
2: 500. Ken Schrader just ahead of the leader, Rusty Wallace in turn two. Wallace pinches it down to the inside, of the track. He'll go to the inside of Ken Schrader. Mark Martin is there, can't go much lower.
4: He's right up on the rear deck of Rusty. Wallace has the horses. He has the handling as well. Rusty Wallace wins. Mark Martin comes home in second spot
9: visiting with NASCAR Hall of Famer and nine-time Bristol Motor Speedway winner, Rusty Wallace. This track, Bristol Motor Speedway, Rusty, it's seen so many different facelifts, and that means there was a time there was only a small grandstand on the front side, maybe a, a tiny little grandstand out in the middle of the corner. Suddenly, it's blossomed into 130,000-plus seats all the way around it, the great coliseum. We've seen asphalt all the way around it to concrete. Heck, we even saw dirt on it earlier this year. Do you have a favorite type of surface to race on at Bristol Motor Speedway? And if, if there is one particular, kind of give us your thoughts on the way Bristol's transitioned over the years.
13: Well, I think all the configurations of Bristol are, are a blast. There's no doubt about that. I remember when it was asphalt. I remember when it went all concrete. And I remember when it went to its current configuration where they actually widened the track a little bit and put some compound banking into it. But, you know, if I had to really go back to my memory and look at my victories, I got to say the middle one, the one where it's concrete and just one straight bank angle and coming off a turn two in order to pass somebody, got to beat on their bumper and coming off a turn four to get around them. You got to beat on them a little bit. It, it, It was really a high contact racetrack. And the fans loved it, too. They were just loving it. I mean. Every time we've run at that track under that configuration, the people are standing on their feet the whole race. It really was an exciting time. I understand why they changed it. I mean, I was one of the drivers saying, boy, if they make it a little bit wider and maybe carry that bank a little farther, it might be better well you know what happened it was easier <laughs> and when it got easier it took a little bit of the excitement out of it so if you look at how the track has evolved and you look at
5: some of the new names now that have risen to the top and you were talking about beating and banging and pushing and shoving you think of rusty wallace and you think of daryl waltrip and now today it's kurt bush and kyle bush and i know it's difficult to do but can you compare, let's say, you and DW to the Bush boys of today and what might be similar and what might be different when you get
13: to Bristol? Oh, uh, That's a really good question. That's hard one to answer, too, because, I mean, everybody you just mentioned, the Bush boys, they drive real aggressively, and I think myself and DW and all those guys drove aggressively. Uh, we were driving much, much different cars later in my career when I got, finally got out of the car in 2005 versus all those wins i had in the mid 90s those weren't very aerodynamic cars and the farther we went the more aerodynamic they got more downforce things like that but um you know it it, i don't think there's any one style of driving that i prefer over the the rest i just think that you know answering your question i think the the Rusties and the dws and guys like that drove just as aggressive as they're driving the bush boys but we're just we were driving different automobiles
9: I've got to ask you, Rusty Wallace, because you mentioned you have to drive aggressively there. Nine times you've experienced the highest of highs at Bristol. But at some point, you've had to experience that, uh, that anger and maybe some of the lowest of lows. Going into a 500-lap race on that tight little racetrack, how did you prepare yourself mentally, knowing that there's a great chance that you're going to have the highest of high? but There's also a really good chance you're going to leave mad.
13: Well, you know, that's a really good chance, as you said. And I did leave mad many times. But, you know, going into the race, I always knew that if if we went to any racetrack, that one there was going to beat us up the very worst. My neck was always getting tired in that race. I bought a special neck machine. I still got at home where it exercises the muscles in your neck. I knew that if I had a couple of lights the night before, I better only have two and not five. And I better have my act together because that place is going to wear you out. No doubt about that. And then, you know, talking about the upset times, probably the upset times is when checkered flag or the white flags waving and you're you're going into turn three and the checkered flags waving and you get a little tap in the back from jeff gordon and a couple others uh, those are times you got upset because you know i was actually really hoping to win 10 races it was just on my mind i had nine going for that extra one you know you just couldn't get to that number 10 mark but uh Man, that was a lot of wins. It's it's a great racetrack. I love running there.
5: Thanks for sharing the memories, Rusty Wallace. Get ready to get worn out. Get ready, Mike, to get upset because Bristol is up next.
1: Thank you, gentlemen. Coming up, the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series has an elimination race Thursday night, and the Xfinity Series will set their playoff field on Friday at Bristol. We'll look at where those series stand, and later, Zane Smith will join us.
2: NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
1: Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The NASCAR Camping World Truck Series and the NASCAR Xfinity Series have big weekends at Bristol this weekend. Here to talk setting the NASCAR Xfinity Series playoff field and the first elimination race of the Truck Series is our
6: Kyle Ricky. The Bristol race weekend holds a big punch for not only the Cup Series, but for trucks and Xfinity as well. Friday night's Xfinity race at Bristol is the playoff cutoff race, and the last three spots aren't secure. Brandon Jones, Jeremy Clements, and Riley Herbst are within 10 points of each other, currently inside of the playoffs. Michael Annette sits 13th, just 66 points outside of the cutoff, if one of those 3 has a bad race and the net has a good one Things can change.
4: Justin Haley trying to play catch-up. He'll throw the Hail Mary down the backstretch into turn three. Noah Gregson by a car length looking for two in a row.
9: He's got a car length advantage staying that way up off turn four. Checkered flag in the air. Noah Gregson wins the GoBowling.com 250 at Richmond Raceway.
6: He goes back-to-back in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Things are looking up for Noah Gregson after scoring back-to-back wins in Darlington and then Richmond after struggling all season he says it's nice to finally start getting it right
3: oh it's it's big um this year hasn't been the the year that we've wanted it feels really good just to be able to to get this team into victory lane again and you know have all those guys hard work um pay off all the shop guys everybody at hendrick engines they they got a lot of steam under the hood we're getting it right so um you know you're only as good as your last race and next weekend it might be different but Definitely trying to, to carry on the momentum and um, try and go get them next weekend in Bristol.
6: For the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, their first elimination comes after Bristol. The playoff grid will go from 10 drivers down to 8. And right now, the Smiths are on the outside looking in. Chandler and Zane. Both drivers are within striking distance. Zane is 5 points out and Chandler is only 12. Eighth place, Austin Hill, is in by only five points. And seventh, Carson Hosevar is in by just eight points. If one driver makes a mistake or has a bad race, either Chandler or Zane or both could wind up moving on. Chandler Smith did finish fifth, the last time the series visited Bristol Motor Speedway.
1: Creed for the final time at the entrance of three will take the truck all the way to the top of the racetrack. His lead, three truck lengths over John Hunter.
9: Off turn number four, checkered flag in the air from Rich Keeter and Sheldon Creed wins the in it to win it 200 for the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series at the Darlington Raceway.
6: Defending champion Sheldon Creed has dominated the first round of the playoffs. Winning at both Gateway and Darlington, Creed says the pressure to win a second championship is definitely there.
3: There is. I think maybe if we were better all season, then then maybe. But I don't know. I'm just just trying to have fun this year, and and uh, yeah, just I don't know. Yeah, I'm not really thinking about it honestly. If, if maybe if we had a better season, then then maybe. But I feel like I came into the playoffs with nothing to lose. I only had. Uh, one win and one stage win. So, um, yeah, just just trying to do my job as best I can, and and winning, and just trying to set myself up for next year. It's it's getting hard to get jobs right now, um, and if you win, then it makes it easier. So that's that's what I'm, my goal is right now.
6: The Motor Racing Network will have live coverage of the UNOH 200 presented by Ohio Logistics Thursday night from Bristol, starting at 8:30 p.m. Eastern Time.
1: Thank you, Kyle.
6: Coming up, Zane Smith will join us.
2: Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
1: We're about to head for the exits on this week's NASCAR Live. Before we do, need to talk about elimination for the nascar camping world truck series their first playoff elimination race is thursday at bristol zane smith is on the chopping block what he chatted with him to see what his team needs to do in order to race forward in the playoffs
4: zane smith is with us now he drives the number 21 chevrolet silverados for gms racing and headed to bristol thunder valley for the end of round one of the playoffs and unfortunately zane your five points below the cut line but you got a new sponsor on the truck this weekend tell us about that
3: yeah hopefully our carl chevrolet uh silver auto brings us some good luck so uh fortunately though on, on the good side of things being five out is kind of i don't want to say easy to make up but uh, it's definitely doable at a place like bristol so uh i'm really not too worried i really Think if if Gateway, um, we didn't have our incident there. If it wasn't for that, I really don't know if we'd even be talking about it. But um, I mean, we're we're gonna go into it I'm here, and I'm I'll be starting ninth. So um, last year started sixth. I do wish I was on the top, just not knowing what the the PJ one is gonna do. So um, I don't know. Bristol is as close as it gets to Dover for me, so I'm excited for it.
4: Yeah, you're awfully good there, but I was going to say, last time you saw Bristol, it was <laughs> covered in dirt. You still got a, a top 10 finish, 7th, I believe, but uh, last year it was kind of an up and down race for you. What are you expecting this weekend? I mean, everybody's going to be wondering what that PJ one's going to do, as you mentioned.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm honestly curious on what the dirt is going to do to the place. I wonder if it's going to be... Uh, more bumpier than it was, um, because that that place went through a beating uh, when it was covered with dirt. So,
4: a lot of guys right in that same boat with you. We mentioned you're five out, but you're you're just ahead of Chandler Smith, just behind uh, Austin Hill, Carson Hosovar. All of you guys are right there within you know eight or ten points of each other. So, during the race, are you a guy that thinks, oh, that's one of the guys I got to pass?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm only going to control what's in my power that's all i can do so no i'm not i don't have my eyes on on one certain guy or anything like that i i want to beat them all and if the cards don't follow away then they don't follow away but I, I know at the end of the day i i will have done uh, everything that i could have done in my power
4: i'm curious about the the off week when you're in the middle of a playoff run i, I imagine you want to get right back at it but now you've had that week off. Did you do anything special or did you just go camp out at the shop or play video games? What did you do?
3: <laughs> no. So pretty much all of our uh, week consists of training um, with Josh Wise and the whole Team Chevy group. And so that's what we've been doing. People often think that our off weekends or our off weeks are... Um, just hang out but actually our off weeks are where we put in all the hard work because we get to rest over the weekend so um, it's just been uh, a lot of hard weeks of training Uh, but I've really become to to where I enjoy it a lot now and I really look forward to it and um, I don't know, it, it also takes your mind away from the bad things in racing. Um, fortunately, this week I'm so excited. It's a Thursday race. I wish we did this more often. I love the short weeks. Um, and so now I won't have to wait until, uh, well, I guess Friday. It's not much longer Saturday night. Uh, I get, go, get to go do it in a couple of days.
4: Let's talk a little fun thing right here before we wrap up. Uh, I see you're a dog guy. Your, your social media says Dog Whisperer. I saw a National Dog Day. You were honoring a couple of them. I got a dog as well. Tell me about yours.
3: Yeah, so they're actually all looking at me right now, wondering who I'm talking to. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, right now, I'm currently watching my parents' dogs. So I uh, vacuumed the house three times today. They uh, A Black Lab, Golden Retriever, and French Bulldog. Uh, really do the trick on on laying the hair down. So um, I'm a huge dog person Um, right behind me, actually. uh, My girlfriend won this trophy, and uh, we donated $10,000 to uh, Lake Norman Humane. And so we got to go visit a bunch of uh, those dogs in need and um, gave them what they need. So uh, hopefully it brings some cheer to them.
4: Yeah, that's a little slice of heaven right there, and they don't care what kind of race you had. They're still going to love you no matter what, right? That's <laughs> unconditional love.
3: Yeah, that's the best part. I feel like uh, my French Bulldog, me and him have a love-hate relationship. He knows when I suck over the weekend, and, and he gives me a, a dirty look, but uh, my Golden Retriever Roxy is always happy to see me. So. Uh, That's been about the only thing to cheer me up lately.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's finish on one positive note here racing-wise. If you can get these extra five points that you need, you get to kick off the next round with Vegas, and that's a track that's been good to you. Six there, back in March. So if you can get to that next round, what do you think about those tracks with uh, also Caladega and Martinsville in there?
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously the two that I look at there are Las Vegas. Uh, We'll have a brand new truck there. Um, and I feel like GMS as a whole um, we've we've really figured out something there so um, I, f- I think me and Sheldon and I have have really clicked on some stuff in the sim and uh, and it's really paid forward in, uh, in the real deal so um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one Las Vegas such a crap shoot um, I kind of liked it that one honestly more in the round of uh, 10 but uh, I guess everyone's got to do it. So <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, like I said, that one is just so crazy as it is. So there's no telling what's going to happen there. Uh, I've, I've won an ARCA race there before. So that's, that's all I really know about that place. So it's been good to me in the past. And then I've also about gotten kicked out of round of 10 uh, with a big points for last year, wrecking on, in stage one. And so, uh, and then we go on to Martinsville Uh, I'm a huge fan of really any short track there is. And uh, last year, the position I was in, I felt like I could have easily had a shot to win that race. Um, It was getting extremely aggressive with about 10 to go. And I was just right on the line. I knew I just had to beat uh, Matt Crafton. And so last thing I wanted to do was move one of the four sport trucks and then get wrecked while doing it and not make it to the championship four. So I want to say we finished third there that night, but um, I think that that'll be a really good track for me as well. So our biggest step is uh, we got to walk before we run. We got to get to the next round first and uh, we'll, we'll handle it then.
1: Thank you, Woody. We'd also like to thank Kyle Bush for joining us this week on the show, along with Joey Logano, Rusty Wallace, and, of course, Zane Smith. I'm Mike Bagley. For the rest of the MRN crew, we thank you for joining us as well, and we'll chat next week right here on NASCAR Live. Until then, so long, everybody.
2: NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina, and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henryon and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Ford has
1: put the stock back in stock car, and now you can register for your chance to be Ford Performance's VIP guest and watch the NASCAR Next Gen Mustang hit the track for the first time in 2022. One grand prize winner and their guest will receive a trip for two to Daytona Beach with VIP access. Ford Performance driver meet and greets, round-trip airfare, and more. Register now through November 7th at FordNextGen.com. That's FordNextGen.com.